the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Dot On WEI.com. Breaking down the Patriots 35 29 overtime loss to the Cowboys. Great game. Like you, you joked in the press box, instant classic for my headline for the Bucks game. Like <laughs> this, this was legitimately an instant classic. Like I, I thought it was a tremendous football game from start to finish. But in the end, the Patriots just came up a player too short, which kind of sums up their season. Story of the season. I said it to my son this morning. He's like, that was a fun game to watch. I was like, yeah, remember the old days when the fun games to watch, the Patriots always found a way to win. Now they are fun games. They're competitive and they always find a way to lose the game in the end. And I do think like, you know, we always get into the debate. Did the Cowboys win or did the Patriots lose? And you kind of go back and forth and both teams probably did enough to win and lose at various points, negative plays, positive plays. You could explain or rationalize the result, but the Patriots didn't play to win. Like that's the big take. Well, first of all, my big takeaway, my post-game column was they're just not that good. And I I think that's the reality because I think a lot of people are going to get caught up with, well, you were one play away from beating the Bucks and you were one play away from beating the Cowboys and they're Super Bowl contenders and five. Yeah. You can keep saying one play away, one play. You're a loser. Like Ricky Bobby says it second place is first loser. And you've been the first loser a lot. You can't win at home. And you're, you're setting, we've talked about this. Like you've, you're setting yourself behind because the schedule gets tougher, both in terms of opponents, but also road home splits. Like you were, you were swayed towards home games against winnable teams. And you're not doing that. You're not stealing the bucks game or the Cowboys game. Like, I mean, we need to be honest. You were supposed to lose this game. But you weren't supposed to lose it like that. You didn't know you'd have the lead and Mac Jones would have multiple drives to come back and give you a chance to win. They just can't finish. But in the end, when you just can't finish, you know what that means? You're not quite good enough. Yeah, I think they're an, they're, they're an average team with a rookie quarterback. And we said it week one, rookie quarterbacks lose these close games more often than not. That's what the Patriots are experiencing. I think it's the Tom Brady hangover that's still like lingering in New England where fans expect to win these games and to pull out these, you know, close game wins. And the fact of the matter is it doesn't happen with a rookie quarterback. And it's all about perspective because we started the year saying, if Mac Jones is your franchise quarterback, this is a good year. If you definitively decide Mac Jones is your franchise quarterback and you have, well, maybe I'm being a little premature. I guess some people haven't decided he's the franchise quarterback. I have, he is their franchise quarterback. He is good enough to win with. And I think as you evolve, he'll be good enough to win because of. Build around, actually give him some receivers. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, if you're Mac Jones and your last two home losses are to Brady and Dak, and you're like, these guys got like pro bowlers and all pros everywhere. I got these Jags lining up in front of me and I'm a rookie. Like I'm doubly screwed. But if this were a place like the Chargers or Cincinnati and it was playing out the same way where you're excited about Mac Jones, but you're losing games. I think there would be a more overall positive right. um, deal. Cause you but said because we're, we're one, we're one, two plays away. We can add a couple pieces yep. next off season. And we're right there. Right. Whereas no, it's new England where for 20 years you dominated. Then you had the, whatever you want to call the Cam Newton year. Like the hope was this was a bounce back year, right? Not 
not a multi-year bridge here to the new era, whatever. I just think it's all because, again, if you can step away from the emotion of week to week, and I know we can't because it's, it's Boston, the bar is higher, we don't rebuild, blah, blah, blah. Things look good. Like you have a, a quarterback and everything else. I mean, I don't know that he'll be top five or whatever, but you have stability at the position for the foreseeable and he's checking off boxes of, of playmaking of, of what he can do when they actually let him do it. And some of those things, but the reality is for the here and now two and four, Oh, and four at home. You're not exactly going towards uh, a path to the postseason. The path is not obvious moving forward. Uh, specific to the game, where do you want to start? You want to start like chronologically end of the half in terms of questionable decisions? Um, well, yeah, and I would even go a little bit before that. So, yes, I mean, Bill has gotten ridiculously defensive as to why he didn't go for anything at the end of the half, a minute in, well, I don't know what it is, a minute 30, something like that? Roughly a minute, or maybe a minute 20. And I believe uh, you had at least one timeout. And, and they did nothing. They they went to victory formation, which they should probably rename loser formation or something. I don't know. Like, it, it, that's what it was. And he just said, you know, we're getting the ball to start second half. Uh, coach, follow-up question. I thought the whole idea was to have the double score, to have possessions to end the half kick a field goal, or maybe if you get lucky, get a touchdown. And, and I don't know, cool. maybe turn a four-point lead into a, I don't know, 14-point lead in, you know, right. early in the second so, half. So theoretically, maybe we're looking at this incorrectly. He didn't screw up by not going for it at the end of the half. He screwed up by deferring. Because if you're not going to go for the double score, why are you deferring? Sure. If you're not going to take advantage of a possession to end the half because you're getting the ball, then then something's not jiving here. Now, I will say, um, somebody within the Patriots often tells me, well, you don't have all the information. You don't know what you don't know. Sure. Like, typical. Do you think there's any chance that health played a factor? Like, was there anything going on with Mac Jones? Because the strip sack, he took a hit that I think his organs were jarred. And, you know, we talked about it. He was throwing a lot on the sideline. and He was moving. He, he always throws the time, but he was moving differently. Like, he was fixing his shoulder pads. He was, like, using his arms. Like he was, like you said in the press, making sure his, his entire body was still, like, intact. Um, so I just wonder if – if I, I don't. Because he would have – if he if that was the case, we would have heard about it by now, I feel like. That's something, like, the Patriots would probably leak out. He spoke after the game. Like, he seemed fine in the second half. I don't, I, well, I don't think health was a problem. Well, I don't think, I mean, if health, I'm, I'm not saying he's hurt. I'm saying he was like shaken up. Maybe they wanted to make sure he wasn't hurt. Who knows? Maybe he got something. But that wasn't like the it. series following. No, I know, but you're still, I mean, you're putting him, it's an obvious passing situation, right? So you're putting him in that, in harm's that way. That comes back to what we talked about. The coaching defense, you're coaching defenseless, de- defensive. You're not. You're not being aggressive. Oh, I think defensive is, yeah. They're on the defensive coaching. They're on the defensive then defending their defensiveness and the way they are coaching, the way Belichick's acted last night and this morning, um, which we can get into a separate issue. He's he's on the precipice, I think, of uh, losing it a little bit and having some quotes that could go viral um, if they continue to struggle and he continues to get pushed and, and not want to answer things. Um, yeah, I mean... I, 
it's it's borderline inexplicable or or inexcusable if you want to use that word like and we can i do think they're starting and we just talked about this as we were getting ready to come on this um playing not to lose okay we have a lead we're getting the ball in the second half so we'll just take a knee here by playing not to lose you're creating losses you're not maximizing opportunities and i would also say i made the comparison to like boxing well you're losing on the scorecard and you're willing to just keep play fighting rounds even instead of yes trying to knock the guy out try to get a win and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know. I mean, again, the information that has them feeling this way, whether it's just rookie quarterback or if it's like, situational. And- hasn't Mac checked all the boxes to say, like, this guy, you can – sure, he's going to make a few bad throws. He's a rookie. But for the most part, you can trust the guy. You can trust that he's going to make the right read and make the correct throw. Sure, he's going to throw a pick or two here or there, but that's life in the NFL. It's not like he's dropping back to pass, throwing four interceptions in a single game like Zach Wilson. Like he's, I think he's earned the trust at this point. But is it just him? Has the offensive line earned the trust? Has his weapons earned the trust? And is there concern or doubt there that leads to different decision-making? That's, and I'm not, by saying this, even if that's true, I'm not excusing it. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think there could be other factors at play. I would also argue in a, like, there's been a lot more times Bill this year in various ways has just said, no, did you, did you consider punting in this situation? No. Did you consider going for it? No. Did you consider challenging it? No. seems like he's considering a lot less. I mean, maybe I'm like, I feel like there's been more of those like flat, usually in the past, I feel like he would say, yeah, well, we, we thought about it, but really in this situation, we decided this was the best thing for the team. It's and and I don't know if he's being honest or not when he says no, we didn't consider it. I think but, he's being. I I don't know. I, I think he's considering. It. He's just not giving the full answers because he's getting defensive. Maybe or maybe the guy who used to consider every situation is retired in Nantucket now, Ernie Adams. And, and maybe and they're Matt, not considering what they should consider. So what what happened to Matt Patricia taking over those roles? Who knows what Matt Patricia's doing? I well, read something this weekend that called it Matt Patricia's defense, and I was like, "What?" The I was going to say, ever since he came back, the defense isn't the same. And, and some would argue before he came back. That's true, too. I believe I saw him give up 500 yards in a Super Bowl, and last night I watched him give up, again, if he's part of the defense. I don't really know what he does. So, I don't so he's part of the two, two most yards allowed by the Bill, Bill Belichick coach teams in New England. What's the consistent theme there? Matt Patricia, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his job role is no one does. on game days, weekdays. Um, but yeah, so that first, the end of the half was, I would say, curious at best mm-hmm. or an egregious mistake at worst. Yep. So then well, I guess the the pick, so they, they have, they're up. What were they? Because there's so many back and forth. They're up three points when Mac threw the pick six. Yes, twenty. No, no, one point. One. Yeah, one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One point. Three minutes left on the clock, and I thought this kind of contradicted. Twenty-one twenty. Yeah, twenty-one twenty, and this contradicted the end of the half situation where they were so conservative. Now you're up by a point with three minutes left. You're throwing the ball. Like, why wouldn't you just run the ball? Like, it's just that that didn't make much sense to me because especially it didn't make sense even if you had Tom Brady at quarterback, but when you have a rookie quarterback and you just did that 10 and a half, why the change? And they had started to run the ball better. 
they ran the ball to open the game and then they ran the ball later in the game in the mm -hmm. middle it was kind of non-existent wasn't as good um but again if you're gonna play conservative play conservative like conservative says run the ball like especially in situations that like ask to play conservative right so it was interesting now it's unfortunate because it was there like you could have won the game i guess right there but it's you know born is a step slow or max a step ahead of him with the throw whatever and it turns into a pick six and so begins the crazy portion of the football game as everything went back and forth. But yes, in terms of just de decision making, there's sort of like con contradictory moves or contradictory messages. But we've talked about that in general with this team. Yep. Like they don't really know what they want to be. Right. Like even this year, personnel wise, yeah, we'll trade away Stefan Diggs. And a couple of weeks later, Stephon Gilmore didn't have Stefan. I, mean, I would take Stefan Diggs. Uh, Trayvon Diggs. I'm like one of those weird uh, before and after uh, Wheel of Fortune categories. But like they trade away Stefan Gilmore. Again, he couldn't play in this game, but he could have been coming back. Okay, so you're you're doing a certain – oh, but you're bringing in Jamie Collins. Like, well, and then he – I, I, I should have looked at the snap counts. I didn't think he played that much. No, he, he did not play that much at all. Um, I can, I can look quickly, but I, I said – in the first quarter, I think he was out there for like one or two plays. Yeah, he, he hasn't played much, and I don't know if that's just getting re 17 snaps, 19%. The only defender that played fewer snaps, Justin Bethel, four. Well, and Justin Bethel, not really a defender. <laughs> right. So that just shows, like, what, what is he doing? Um, but, okay, so we're done with the negative momentarily. We can get to some positive. Um, the, the bounce back from Mac, which, again, is a funny situation. He throws – Toward Kendrick Bourne with Trayvon Diggs in coverage and gets a pick six. Okay, touchdown. You get the ball in the 20. Okay, you know, I'm going to throw to Kendrick Bourne with Trayvon Diggs in coverage. And I think there was a little bit of a – this was the classic example I always use of some people say if you double cover somebody or you bracket them, oh, you'll take that guy away. This was an example where the Diggs and whoever the safety was, I didn't look at it, weren't on the quite the same page. And it led because it was a ballsy throw. You're kind of throwing into the, I was gonna say, it looked like the ball could have been picked again. Correct. But the two players weren't quite on the same page for the Cowboys. Bourne catches it, touchdown, and the legend of Mac Jones has been ignited. Huge win. You predicted it. Oh my God, it's going to be a season altering win. We're at a crossroads here. This is going to be a springboard to greatness for the Patriots. And then they drive right down the field, kick a field goal. We're going to overtime. Well, they drive right down the field. You had third and 25, and you allowed 24 yards. Yeah, but that's the drive right down the field. I mean, they put themselves in field goal position. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that other than you, you, you don't have enough. I mean, Devin McCourty, we know what he said. We didn't have enough guys. We want it, You'd like to have more DBs on the field, but we don't have enough DBs. Ah, side note, Joan Williams, a healthy scratch for the game. Could have used Joan Williams in this this contest, but nope. You got Justin Bethel making plays, and even Miles Brown. Okay, that's another issue here. So even if you don't like Joan Williams, you've moved on from him. Yeah, that brings me to their move earlier this week. Why are you promoting? Why are you signing Tabai to the fifty-three man roster when you have Miles Bryant on the practice squad? When clearly you need more DBs than linebackers. Well, but I don't know that they believed that in this game. They, in terms of Pollard and Elliott and stopping the run. Maybe they felt like they needed more linebackers in this game. 
Sure, but just maybe. But I would I would say when you make moves like that, that's about the season as a whole. You're not signing guys for one week. And it didn't end up playing out exactly. But I also think it was interesting. Jones and Mills were hurt coming in, the mm-hmm. missing practice time. So you know, there's a chance that one of those guys aggravates it, exacerbates it. You need more DBs. Yep. Now it played out a little differently because Jones hurt his ribs when they different injury and came back and yeah. No, I know, but he was part of the, the bodies being down. Yep. So, I mean, I think you can question the roster um, building or construction manipulation week to week. Um, certainly, Devin McCourty is like you didn't. We didn't have enough DBs with the biggest play of the game on the line. We give up third and twenty-five or whatever, get twenty-four, and they get themselves in field goal range, um, which is funny because Bill clearly respects the the kicker. Her line, yep. Like. Greg the leg. Oh, they're always in field goal position. They hit midfielder and field like, yeah, frustrating, frustrating in a lot of ways. All right. So then you get to overtime, you pick up the first down, then you got third and three, the out to Aguilar, the face masks grab Patriots Twitter, very upset by it. I, I mean, he grabbed it, but you can't expect that to get called. I thought Mac had a good response to that after the game. Um, and then the, the questionable decision too, is the why punt you got fourth and three at midfield. Dallas has moved the ball down the field at will. Your defense is gassed. Everybody knows that. And you're just punting the ball to Dallas. Basically, you could argue handing the game away instead of, like we said before, instead of trying to win the game and you're on your terms, you're playing defensive and playing not to lose right there. Yeah, it's funny. I like doing these podcasts now because I seem to have every week kind of a developing or evolving take or, or feeling or passion from the night into the next morning and this would be it the more and more i think about it belichick of the fourth and two fame you got to win the game or as i said to you herm edwards you hello you play to win the game they didn't play to win the game not even close did they and i'm not even saying get into some like oh big balls oh ego go to if we're if we're gonna win a game this year we're gonna have to win a fourth and one no 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 i'm saying situationally This is the perfect example to me where analytics might tell you punt, Mm -hmm. but were you at the game where your defense has been on the field for 90 plays gassed each of the last, I think three Cowboys drives have gone for, or, or yeah, 80, 66, 50, 55. You can't stop the Cowboys. And Bill says, well, with Zerline, if you don't get it, you're already in field goal range. Well, guess what? If they get the 55 yards they've been averaging on each of the last four drives, they'll go rage in three plays. Right. So the one chance you might have is you're near midfield, steal a first down here. Maybe you get into field goal range. Maybe big kick Nick gets a chance for another 50 yard game winning field goal or whatever. Well, it wouldn't be a game winning field goal, but no, but like, you you would extend the game and you would you would give yourself a chance instead of just hoping the Cowboys messed up again. Like, like the, the percentages went like again, you're probably right. Analytics, the the chart says punt there, but the factors at play, the Cowboys dominating, the Patriots defense being gassed. Just look at those things. Then the probably the analytics say go for it. Well, or just common sense, or you know, gut feeling. Who was it earlier this year? Oh, Joe Judge, Bills guy. Joe Judge was big about you know the analytics are a good tool, but you need to then take into account that day, that game, personnel, your personnel, their personnel. And if you did all that, 
it's hard to argue you should punt there. It's really hard to argue you should punt there. And I said to you before we did the podcast, if you know that situation too, where it's third and three, maybe you call two running plays, knowing that you're going to have four downs, and maybe you call the things differently. Maybe you, you run Damian Harris on third down, set up fourth and one, and then maybe it's different. Like, I just thought that they miss, they mismanaged that situation too. Even, yeah. even play calling there, because I feel like, they got the first down on runs. Am I wrong? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Myers oh, had a good catch. Yeah. Yeah. They got a pass to Myers. Um, they liked the middle of the field at that point. They were clearly, clearly, yeah, they clearly saw something. Throwing to the middle of well, the field. Was, wasn't the drop by Aguilar in overtime too? Uh, yes, it was. It was It was that first play. He he had all day to run. It was there. It was that first. I want to say it was the first play yeah. for overtime. Yep. Yes, it was the first play of overtime. Short, middle, Aguilar. Um, we can get into personnel things of those nature later. Um, the other thing I would say is w- in regard to the penalty face mask, illegal hands that you could have probably had called on the, the third down play to Aguilar. If you go for it there, the refs are aware that they may have blown a call. Yep. You might steal a makeup call. If anything's They're close, blue. maybe you get the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not saying like a 50 yard pass interference, but maybe just oh, illegal contact on the backside, five yep. yards, automatic first down. Extend the drive. I just, again, this is a, a bigger question and I, they need to start trying to win. They need to like, they're not allowing the other but, team to lose. On the, on the same lines, how much do you put the blame is it should be all on bill or do you think Josh deserves some of that too? Well, bill decides the fourth down. That's not a Josh call. That's a bill call. And then you can get into, but you, why bill- can't, but you, I feel like Josh has to get some, like he can't, you know, push advocate more. Like I know I'm, I'm watching the game, the sideline. And there was one point where there was a defense, the bill was with the defense and not nowhere close to the sideline. And the referee actually turned to the sidelines, look for bill to make a call on a penalty and he's back with the defense. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like Josh has more authority with the offense than maybe we think. I think he does, but not, I don't think he has like a game changing decision say Yeah, fourth and three in overtime game on the line. I don't think Josh can say we're going for it here. And Bill goes, okay, if you say so, like, I think that's a hundred percent a bill call and he made the wrong call. Like at the time I questioned it. Now I don't even question it. He flat out made the wrong call. You, he didn't go for the win. The comparison to fourth and two. You can't stop the other team. Mm-hmm. I know Dak maybe isn't Peyton Manning and you're not on the road and like the details aren't the same, but the general thought process is a hundred percent the same. If you want to win the game, you got to win it on offense because your defense is hanging by a freaking thread season high in snaps, mm-hmm. injuries, depth concerns, pass rush concerns, matchup concerns. The whole thing doesn't favor you. I can analyze it. My analytics tell me there's a, 90% chance you kick it to the Cowboys there, you're going to lose in that situation at that game. It, that sucked. Um, so I guess I, I was thinking this after, like, as the game ended, like this had the potential to be a season changing win. Well, now, yep. now it has a potential to be a season, like ending loss. Like how do you come as a player? How do you come back on a day like today, like into the building? You just gave absolutely everything you had. Like I would say their effort was there for a full 60 minutes. They, they gave everything they had and they just came up a player too short. And now you're two and four on the year. How do you like get up again to like go back out and do that again? 
And I actually think it's even weird that it's the Jets this week. Like, they know they're going to beat the Jets. They expect to beat the Jets, whatever. So you can't even get fired up like, this is a big one. Our season's on the – like, no, we're playing the Jets. We're going to beat the Jets. And we'll it's kind of like before. we said the last time they play, it's like a no-win situation. Like, if they win right. by 10 points, like, well, yeah, they should have beat the Jets by 10 points at home. Right, you can't and, – and I know they're, they're almost – they didn't say it, but they're almost going with like, trust the process. Like Juwan Bentley saying, you know, all we can do is go back to work. You come in on Monday, you come in on Tuesday, Wednesday, like he listed the days and said, then Sunday's here. And that's what we've always done. And that's what we'll always do. Okay. Well, you've been doing that for six weeks and it's not working. Mm -hmm. You're two and you're two and four. You can't win at home. The process, trust the process, my ass, the process isn't working. Your process is a losing process right now. It's not good enough. And I do feel like this could be it's one of those games you could look back on and be like, yeah, they really just kind of, they fell apart after that loss. That was just a, a gut punch to them that yep. they never really caught their wind again, recovered from. And then I do think what I wrote on the website last night, we have to start to really just flat out consider they're not that good. And cause I, the, the approach I took in my column is I take them at their words. So they tell me they compete to the end. Okay. I acknowledge that they compete to the end of every game. Mm -hmm. they tell me they work really hard during the week. Like they, they prepare and they do it. They're not like half-assing anything. They practice. They're also telling me that they still have confidence. Okay. I believe you, you know, Damian Harris tells me that he thinks they're a good team and they still have full con. Okay. So if I accept all those factors as truths, as givens, that doesn't leave a lot of room other than you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. You're just in that really like, fine line the players all talked about the margin for error it's, it's the mac thing i give mac credit he was ahead of the curve here like a month ago when he said three plays decide an nfl game he's actually cut it down to like two or three plays decide an nfl game but those two or three plays just they're not going their way whether it's turnovers fumbles early in the year or you know defensive breakdowns or, or inability not, to get the key stop yeah like they're all different it's not like it's It'd be one thing if it were every game they fumble in the fourth quarter and give the game away. Different, like no, it's a it's a little different every game. Oh, we had a coverage we liked, but they had a coverage beater. Oh, okay, so coaching, so ball security, like inability to move the chains and get the one drive on a. Oh, inability to stop the other team and get the one stop you need. It's different details, and I don't want people to mistake it like they suck. They don't suck. They're just not good enough and like there's a difference right like sucking is jacksonville or the jets or like those teams are competing for the number where'd one you, like power rankings in the nfl where'd you put them right now slightly below average like so if like, there's 32 so in the, like 15 to 20 range uh yeah like if there's if there's if 16 if that if that middle ground is right around 16 they're they're losing games like yeah they're probably right at 20 somewhere in there which you know i think that also aligns with people somebody was telling me like they pick was it you that was telling me like they're slotted for like the 10th pick in the draft or whatever no, like, it wasn't me but that makes sense i mean it is what it is at this point and but like do you have any like signs that they could turn this around and then all of a sudden go from the 20th team in the lead to maybe the 10th um not really no like what do you feel good about What's, what's building, other than Mac Jones, what's building and improving and giving you reason 
So well, believe- that kind of brings that brings back to the Gilmore trade. If you had Gilmore, you could say, "Hey, you know, our defense can add number one cornerback. Like we can maybe get some more stops here and there, and one or two more stops in a game could swing some results here." And also just getting a guy back like Gilmore, I think, just gives the defense more confidence and more energy and life. And now you don't have that. And so, yeah, I, in terms of confidence, maybe you could say the old line will get better with Onwenu and Wynn coming back, maybe. But, like, I don't think that's enough to drastically change games. And you also could take a step back in certain areas. Like, they were fortunate that they got the, the DAC fumble on the goal line where he mm-hmm. reached the ball out. Most of the world has pretty much accepted he was in on third down when his thighs seemed to cross the goal line, not just the ball. But, you know, the, the Cowboys weren't great on third and fourth down. Terrible like they, on third third and short, fourth and short. Turned the ball over to you to start the game on, on fourth down. And I'll tease, I'm, I'm, like, they were handing you the game. What was it, 11 for 125? Let's just say you don't get those fourth down stops. And he punches it. Like, uh, what did Judon say? You, you defend every blade defend of every grass. Every blade of grass, yeah. Well, what if it becomes harder to really defend every blade of grass and maybe you're just, that's a fine line that, that could go the other way. Like, okay, you're, you're giving some examples, maybe little things that get better and maybe that's enough to, to push you over that margin of error and getting the, well, what if a couple things go the other way and I, health is going to be an issue. The more you get worn down within a game, I think it becomes more likely you have injuries or you get, like there was a while there, Judon looked dinged up slash just tired. Everything. I don't know. They didn't, they didn't have enough pass rush. And then all of a sudden you say, okay, the secondary is not a good, well, that's like the opposite of complimentary football where you can't get to the quarterback and you can't cover long enough. So, I mean, I guess the ground game, you know, that that's something I would say could be a positive moving forward is Damian Harris, hundred yards, Ramondre Stevenson in the mix, making plays, looking effective that he can, mm-hmm. I thought he looked really good as a receiver, which I, I think is. Yeah, we just, he looks quicker, a smaller. Yeah. Like everybody used the Garrett Bunt comparison, not even close. Like he's no. I don't know if he's lost weight since Oklahoma, but he's not built like Garrett Bunt at all. And I think to a man, most Patriots fans would say, Brandon Bolden or Ramondre Stevenson. Who do I want to see get touches or be on the field? A screen pass, a draw, whatever. Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson. So maybe that's something. Um, another positive, I would say, it it wasn't huge impact but the rapport that's mac jones hunter henry i think that's becoming more of a thing even though it was only two catches and it would but the 20 yard touchdown was a nice play kind of threw it to a spot let him go yep. get it um that could be born i think born is better than i thought he was going to be for this team better than aguilar better than aguilar better than johnu smith johnu smith is once again not a factor um how many fantasy points did he get by the way uh 1.9 when I lose, it's because of him. But as I said to you, better to be a loser in fantasy because of John U. Smith than be a loser in real life where Robert Kraft is paying that man $12.5 million a year to yep. be irrelevant on the football field. Uh, breakout game's still coming, though. I keep here. Breakout game's coming. It's, it's coming. Hey, maybe next week, get the Jets. Well, it is still early. All the players keep telling me it's still early. Six games into a season, more than a yeah, third of the way the season. Maybe that's just the line that they wanted to use to you know, spin it, but... You're right. It's 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 no longer early. It's it's week it's week six. You're you're closer to the halfway point than you are to the third. As my dorky friend in in high school used to say, denial ain't just a river in Egypt. And I think they're in a little bit of denial. It's still early. We're still finding ourselves. Yep. You know where you're finding yourselves? 
the losing end of most games. That's where you're finding yourselves as losers. Anything else? Um, well, I do the Mac Jones thing. Like you feel good about Mac Jones, right? So what do you make of even the first half, like before the hit, like the seven for seven kind of the, do you think it's just cautious developmental growth or are they worried? We should talk about the offensive line in a minute too, but are they worried about him just getting hit in the offensive line? Oh, and it's, all it's, part, it's more of who they have. I think they're starting to realize they have nobody to the combination of things, the hits, but also they have no receivers. Who, who, who can he throw to? Well, I do think if I were him, that would frustrate me. As I said earlier, like the last two games at Gillette Stadium, you're like, no wonder Tom Brady left. Look at all those weapons he has over there. And then Dak Prescott comes in and probably has more weapons than Tom Brady does in terms of the overall depth of the offense and the running backs. And that's how you end up, by the way. And maybe that's why we're being a little negative because the Cowboys are a really good offense. And we talked about it. They found a liking for Ezekiel Elliott in coverage a lot of the times on Juwan Bentley. Yep. who the stats will tell you he had a good game because he had 12 tackles. tackles. Now, there's a reason he had 12 tackles because Ezekiel Elliott was catching the ball and running down field. Um, but like that, he doesn't have that. Like if his, okay, Hunt, let's just say Hunter Henry's my best player. Oh, he's covered. Oh, Jacoby Myers, my set. If he gets to his third option, well, he's screwed. The guy's not that good. He's not going to win his matchup. Right. Whereas Dak just goes, oh, you got Cooper. Oh, you got him. Oh, there's Zeke just running free over the middle. I'll hit him as my fourth. Oh, there's Dalton Schultz right there. Boom. Right. So it that has to be frustrating. Um, I'm going to go all over the place here, all over the map late in this one now. Uh, the crowd sucked. It was a Cowboys crowd. Yeah. I'm sorry. When, when Amari Cooper goes over the middle and the second the ball hits his fingertips, you hear Coop throughout Gillette Stadium. Not good. That's embarrassing. I don't ever want to hear them rip LA. Oh, Chargers fan. It's like a home game for the opposition. It was borderline a home game for the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't care that they're America's team. I don't care that they have the biggest fan base. That's a bad look for a crowd that I thought had done a really nice job the last couple of home games, the they Saints did. game, the Bucks game. Maybe everyone sold their tickets. They want to go to the Red Sox this week. Maybe, but not okay. Not okay. Bad crowd. Um, and then the offensive line. Um, I don't really know what to make of any of it. With I don't either. I don't either. Win and Onwenu back active. Onwenu earlier in the week, win on Saturday, but they don't start. They're just standing there like they're just kind of hanging out watching a game. And then Matt gets his door blown off, and then they say, go in. Were you going to say, is Richard knocked off there? I didn't know what I was going to say. Because <laughs> that's, um, that's something I think Bill would say. He got his Richard knocked off there. Let's get Onwenu in there. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it, just the whole thing, and we talked about it, again, another one where we may never know all the information in terms of dealing with COVID, after effects of COVID, fatigue. Is it just because they didn't practice? or oh, is like, it because like, was it a plan that they were only going to play like half the game, or did Mac getting that huge hit change things? Like, right. wh why was Onwenu playing tackle all of a sudden and not right. really He needed? couldn't play tackle when he was healthy. Now he's coming off missing time due to COVID, and we throw him out there at tackle? And nothing's really changed on the inside. Nope. You always had Ferenc. Actually, it's gotten worse. You also yeah, it's gotten worse because Shaq Mason's out. Like, but you always had Ferenc and Ted Karras as options on the inside if you wanted to bump him to the outside. And I mean, I know Kajust sucked and almost got him killed. He's he. I think he lost his job, like for the rest of the year. He he may have because it's you can't let that. But then 
uh, Gregory went to the other end and slapped around win while he was out. And then he, he came out after nine plays too. Like he, he, he went back in the end of the half, but then he was replaced by Haran for the second half. Yeah. And I, the whole offensive line question, rotation, injuries, personnel, uh, continues to be problematic. And I think continues to be a part of not only offensive inefficiencies at time, but maybe part of the thinking, like the bigger picture, we're talking about how, how aggressive you can be, what you can do, what you can throw at Mac, because it's also a Mac thing too. How hard is it going to be for him you know, playing with, you know, 17 different combinations of offensive linemen through the first six weeks. Right. It, although it, the one consistent factor has been him getting hit. And he says, it's fun. He continues to say it's fun to bounce back up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it probably is fun to bounce back up. It won't be fun when you don't bounce back up, when you go to the blue tent and then to the locker room and then you don't play for a month and we're watching Brian freaking Hoyer as the starting quarterback. No thanks. Although, oh, wait, no. What day is today? Jared we're Stidham. In. Future father Jared Stidham could be an option anytime. That's something to watch this week, minor detail, but he can, he can return to practice. Who said there weren't positives to build on over the second half of the season? True. That's true. All right. Uh, we'll be back with the regular preview podcast Thursday. Jets week, plenty of excitement. Not really, but is there? Is there? Is there? Plenty not of really. Not really. But might yeah. be a Jets crowd on Sunday at Gillette. Probably not. Probably not. No, probably but not. Might be a half-empty crowd. They, that's that's the other way to look at it. Yes, especially with the Red Sox keep winning. Yeah, starting to go down that road. Oh, we should mention just a little side factor: uh, Kenny Chesney and Robert Kraft's box. Jason Tatum in some other box. I'm not really sure what box Jason Tatum was in. And then members of the Boston Red Sox were partying and dancing and drinking. Yeah, and a lot of them uh, supposedly skipped the workout at Fenway Park to go to the Patriots game. So oh, was that the story? Yeah, they should have. It, it was. Money. It was approved, but like the a lot of the pitchers were at Fenway throwing, getting their work in, while the positional players partied up at Gillette. So maybe something to watch tonight in game uh, game three. I actually think that's good. Blow off some steam. Have a cup. I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, I got to go take some fly balls for the eight billionth time in my life. I got to take a fly ball, like oh, a ground ball. I got to underhand it to first, like I've done for seven thousand years. It's baseball. What the hell do they need the extra work for? All right, we'll be back Thursday. Uh, have a good week, and we'll talk to you then. Peace out.